0: I truly believe if we can just pause for a second, look up and recognize that every little thing that we do for the good has a ripple effect to change the
1: culture, and that's what the world needs. That's what we all need to heal. Welcome to Live Well and Thrive, a podcast recognizing the hard work, dedication, and diversity of our team at Kaiser Permanente Northern California. I'm your host, Carrie Owen Pleads. In our last episode of Live Well and Thrive, we spoke with Patricia Caba, Director of Food and Clinical Nutrition Services at the San Jose Medical Center, about the vital role nutrition plays in fueling our bodies to ensure our daily well-being. But it's important to remember the food and drink we take in is only part of the equation. Today's conversation will focus on the critical role of feeding our spirits and our souls to ensure our total well-being. Raymond Doherty, Spiritual Care Director, Karen Halsey, Palliative Care Services Director, and Abraham Daniels, Senior Process Improvement Consultant, are here with us today for a dive into the world of Soul Snacks. I'm excited to welcome this trio to help uncover how their grassroots program is fostering emotional vulnerability, spiritual well-being, and a sense of community for our local teams in Marin, Sonoma. Let's get started. Hi, Raymond. I'm really looking forward to our discussion with you and Karen and Abraham. First, will you tell us a little bit about Soul Snacks?
2: Yeah, thanks, Carrie. It's great to be here. Soul Snacks are quick and easy ways to calm our nervous system, restore our soul, and gain a new perspective on our day. So there's are self-care practices that we can do on the go. That's the snack part of Soul Snacks. We want to have things that we can incorporate into our workflow, things that we can integrate into our daily activities. So they're like an energy boost for our mind, body, and spirit.
1: Yeah. So, like a little granola bar for our brains. Is that (laughs) in our soul? Yes. You
2: got it. You got it. (laughs) And the program is essentially a peer to peer support program Mm. where physicians and staff members share their answer to the question, how do you tend to your emotional and spiritual well being, especially in the midst of our stressful work?
1: That's kind of a deep question to ask people. It almost puts you off guard a little bit, which I love. So where did this idea come from?
2: Well, actually it was born out of the beginning of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. But you know, during the years prior to the pandemic and we're in Sonoma, we had the devastating wildfires. Yeah, We had massive destruction. Many of our Kaiser members and staff members lost their homes, lost everything. And we had to evacuate the Santa Rosa hospital twice. So we really started to take seriously, how can we heal this trauma as a community? And you know, the Dalai Lama once said that, love and compassion are necessities, they're not luxuries. And without them, humanity cannot survive. We really took that sentiment to heart. How can we move through this and bake it into our systems, bake it into our work culture, right? And these essentials are what soul snacks are. They're promoting these healing modalities that help us get through.
1: I love that you're continuing on with the eating. So you're baking it into your daily life. You're really sticking with that. But I love in particular, Raymond, the quote from the Dalai Lama. On a recent episode, we met an extraordinary nurse, Michael Cabrera, who's wonderful from our Manteca Medical Center. Major shout out to Michael. He discussed the importance of leading with love. So this theme of love and compassion really resonates with me. It sounds like it resonates with the three of you. And then also, I think it's resonated with a lot of our listeners. So can you tell me what a typical soul snack session looks like? Who facilitates this session? Sure. They're short, 15
2: minutes. Thanks. Wow.
1: Okay. Yeah. They're, you're really snacking. Okay.
2: Yes. <laughs> And they're presented by physicians and staff members from various disciplines hosted by the chaplains and addressing a wide variety of self-care practices, grounding exercises, mindfulness, heart math, gratitude practices, movement, music, dancing, laughter, gardening, cooking, having a good cry. So you name it across the board. They're practices that people have learned from their faith communities, from their yoga classes, from their grandparents, from their kids. So we had one soul snack that was presented by our palliative care doctor called New Motherhood about the struggles and the joys of being a new mother during the pandemic. Mm. And she realized that when she was singing songs to help calm her child, that it helped calm her own nervous system. Mm. She shared the song, Peace Like a River. I've got peace like a river in my soul. I've got love like an ocean in my soul. I've got joy like a fountain in my soul. And she would bring this practice that helped her at home and helped her child at home into the workplace so that before a very tense meeting, she would sing the song to herself and bring that joy and love and awareness of this in her soul and bring that into her practice. And then she risked to share that with her colleagues a piece of what helped her get through the day. And remember that there's joy, love, and peace in the midst of our very serious and stressful days.
1: Being a new mom is tough, been there. (laughs) But being a new mom in the middle of the pandemic and wanting to protect your child, that's such an incredibly extra tough place to be. That's just a beautiful story, that the simple act of just singing to the infant also calmed her. And it's something that worked for her, but it's also worked for, I'm sure her colleagues who are now singing perhaps much to the chagrin of their family members at home. (laughs) I love it. It's just incredibly touching. So Karen, I'm wondering how did you become part of Soul Snacks? Thanks for asking, Carrie. I have been a long time purveyor
0: of self-care practices, yoga, meditation, going for a walk when I need to cool down, taking some deep breaths. I never really saw myself as someone that was an initiator or a leader of that. And I was seeing this snowball effect. At first, Soul Snacks were the obvious players. They were chaplains leading it or, oh, I know that gal. She's a yoga instructor in her free time or (laughs) a heart math person. Sure. All the obvious people that you know that are the experts, right? Uh And then I started seeing some momentum gained and people kind of stepping out of their comfort zone and maybe trying something and sharing something from unexpected affected people and I felt super inspired because it's something I believe in. I went to Raymond and I said, I want to get in, but I don't know what to do and I'm uncomfortable and it's a little intimidating and it kind of felt this like big mountain to climb type thing. Mm, yeah. And a part of the magic is that I think often as leaders, historically, we have been stoic and strong and like, we got this, right? And we know that that actually doesn't work. It doesn't serve anybody. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to lean into this. And I started thinking about things that I do to calm myself down, particularly at work when I'm in a meeting. And what I do is when I feel stressed out is I get real tense, right? And progressive muscle relaxation is something that is pretty well known, evidence-based, but I did my soul snack on recognizing your body. And in those moments when you feel tense, even in the middle of a meeting, taking ownership of that tension, I called it leveraging your tension. And I played an Encanto song about pressure. And I turned that into a progressive muscle relaxation exercise. That's how I started dipping my toe into the soul snack and self-care leading that instead of just benefiting from it, you know, taking from other people. And I think leaders often ask other people to do the emotional work for their teams. Let me call the chaplain or the EAP guy or whatever. My team's mm-hmm. going through a tough time. What I'm starting to see is, especially in our medical center with
1: soul snacks is we can do it ourselves. It doesn't have to be a big deal. It doesn't have to be complicated. It just has to be heartfelt. Oh, there's so many things, Karen, about that statement, about this journey and strength that you had and recognizing that you had some fear of, gosh, well, I'm not a yoga instructor, so how can I be part of this? Good for you for jumping in and getting past that fear. And I'm sure it has paid significant dividends to you, but it also sounds like it's paid dividends to your team because you jumped in. You can say, oh, no, come on in. And, you know, there is no barrier. That barrier has been reduced. And then Also, this piece about recognizing how incredibly important it is for leaders. If you don't have a full tank, you can't be the best leader for your team. And the suck it up mentality only gets you so far. (laughs) That's just so many great things, Karen. Thank you. This podcast is one of many resources to support your well-being, including our on-demand emotional support through the Ginger app. Ginger's emotional support coaches are available 24-7 to help with stress, low mood, sleep troubles, and more for our KP employees who are members. Check out the show notes for a link to more information. Now back to the podcast. So, Raymond, it seems like you're helping to draw people out into this, recognizing their own personal self-care practices. Can you tell us a little bit about how you identify team members to participate and share, or do they mostly just seek you out? How does that all work?
2: It's really the relational quality of our work as chaplains. And here I want to really give a shout out to our chaplain team.
1: They're amazing. Woohoo!
2: Kathy Patton Tompkins, Gina Casey, and uh, Meredith Kahn, all really remarkable chaplains and are walking with the staff day by day, helping them with dealing with the trauma, getting to know them, the stresses in their lives. And while they're working with people in their trauma and their stresses, they also have an ear for what's It's called post-traumatic growth. What are the ways that they're moving through this time? How are they re-engaging their spirituality? How are they finding new meaning, new connection with others through the trauma? What are ways they're reprioritizing their lives? When they start hearing those nuggets, those are the times when it's like, wow, that is a really incredible thing that you've learned or that you've brought in to help you get through. Would you be willing to share that with your colleagues? That's where the magic kind of happens. Mm-hmm. It's all about the deepening of the relationships because once people start sharing about something in their lives, we start connecting with each other on a different level.
1: You're so right about that. We talk about sharing best practices in healthcare, and it's been very focused on quality and service and so many different pieces. But what I'm hearing, which is just this beautiful epiphany for me, is there's so much to harvest on best practices that people have on taking care of themselves like in a microscopic way. Yeah. I love that And you're pulling these strings from people and then pulling them in to share with a broader audience.
2: Well, I can give you an example. I had no idea that Abraham was a marathon runner uh-huh. until I started talking to him about these soul snacks. And I said, how do you get through a marathon when you're in the middle of a marathon and feeling discouraged? Because yeah,
1: Especially mile 22,
2: <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And yeah. we're all in a marathon, so to speak, yeah. with this pandemic. And so what you do to get through a marathon might be able to help us get through our quote-unquote marathons.
1: So Abraham, let me welcome you into the conversation with Karen and Raymond here. How did you get introduced to Soul Snacks? And did I hear that you became a facilitator too? Is that is that right?
3: Yeah, I did, Carrie. You know, for me with the Soul Snacks, I was very curious and interested in learning different ways to just really be mindful and reduce my stress. So initially I was a little bit nervous when he reached out to me to share my personal journey, what I practiced during my marathons. And that was because a lot of the stories that I was hearing from our leaders and our clinical individuals were best practices that were Mm evidence-based. And I do a lot of work in our performance improvement and I teach and mentor different individuals in that work. When you're doing Mm -hmm. problem solving, that information can get very analytical. And so a lot of the work I was doing, I didn't feel it could be vulnerable enough to come and share my story. And so Raymond reached out to me to say, hey, maybe there's something you can share to help our other leaders and how to manage their stress. I was nervous, but also excited to share my story that I'd pieced together in terms of helping me be mindful to get me through those 26.2 miles, as well as focused breathing.
1: Focused breathing. Yes. So how many marathons have you run, Abraham, at this point in time?
3: I've done three.
1: Good job.
3: I ran the Napa Sonoma KP sponsored one. That's a good one. I'd Ooh. highly encourage people to come and race that one. I did Chicago.
1: Chicago is a good one.
3: Yeah. Love it. Really All good. Right, what place.
1: was the, Where was the third one?
3: And then I did a half marathon Napa to Sonoma.
1: Well, congratulations. I love that you found this strength very similar to Karen to come and share your story with the rest of the group. Tell me about the facilitation. Have you become a facilitator as well?
3: What I had shared with my marathon story was that I would practice mindfulness where you'd go into your mind's eye and visualize an emotion that was weighing you down. And I'd pick that word in sand. And then I would use focused breathing to blow that emotion away. And then I'd identify an uplifting emotion with a sturdy material. I'm from Kansas City, so we use brick. But as it relates to a sturdy material to really get you energized and focused for that next meeting or what you're gonna do with that patient activity. And how do you bring that activity to work? Well, after sharing my story, some of our clinical teams from our social work and home health had actually used one of my practices and invited me to come and share my wellness story in their 10 to 15 minute team meeting. I was floored because being non-clinical, sharing a best practice, that I had pieced together, it was just a great honor to connect with our teammates here to share, hey, we can use any one of these best practices and even your own best practice to help you get through a challenging day.
1: I love that, Abraham. thank you. And I love the other components that you're sharing with your story is the power of the team yeah. and also really highlighting that the beauty of the profession that we are in is caring for people. And there's both an art and a science mm-hmm. And recognizing you don't always have evidence to support everything, but you just know in your heart and in your gut and in your head, it's the right thing to do. I'm benefiting from this conversation already. So I'm visualizing the blowing of the sand, Abraham. It's already stuck in my mind. <laughs> I'm wondering what advice, Raymond, do you have for Northern California for our team on sharing how they feed their souls, even if they don't have something formal? What do you suggest the teams do?
2: I noticed that. Teams will often start or end a meeting with an inspirational quote or a story, which is great. I would encourage team leaders to take a one step further and share a practice that they do that helps them. You know, simple things like breathing practice, a mindfulness, some kind of movement, stretching, and then do that practice together as a team. That's what brings teams together. We had our administrative assistant doing our Excel spreadsheets. I didn't know that she was actually a poet. And so she led us in a writing exercise that she learned in her writing classes. And it got this wonderful sharing of the team and some creative ways of dealing with issues. And it was just a really remarkable thing. I think there's a lot of hidden talent for this stuff out there. So it's really asking the question, is there something that you do that you think might be small or insignificant, but that will have a big impact on the team? I can give you another example that's really powerful. Please. Yeah. Uh, One of our nurses did a soul stack called The Day I Lost My Rage about her road rage. Oh. And the story was that she was, somebody told her about this heart bath technique. She wasn't really into it. She was like, "Mm, don't know, a little skeptical. don't know if this is really something, but okay, I'll do it. So she did it, you know, several times a day just because her friend said this might be good. Didn't think it was doing anything at all. I thought the story was going to be how she got on the freeway and she had some road rage and she did her heart math practice, her heart-centered breathing, and it helped her calm down, but it wasn't the story at all. The story was she went out driving down the freeway and something that would normally trigger her to pass, like somebody cutting in front of her, didn't have any power over her anymore. Mm. She realized her rage had just gone. What she thought was a very insignificant small thing she was doing in the course of the day had this accumulated effect that actually really changed her life. Mm. So to realize that we're all struggling and that we're all finding ways of moving through. And that's what brings teams together.
1: Raymond, that's beautiful. And sometimes we think we have so much on our plate. We have so much to do. The checklist is long. I see just visualizing this you know, a group of very busy nurses on a very busy floor and they're just about to do their daily huddle. And you could easily say, hey, we've got too many admissions, too many discharge going on right now. We don't have time to pause for a second and reflect and maybe do five minutes or maybe five seconds, right? Of Just a breathing exercise or a sharing of that administrative assistance poem to just recenter and reflect. And I'd argue that you don't have time not to do something like that just to give everybody their peace and their soul snack.
2: Yes. I mean, we learned that here that these are not nice add-ons. These aren't just little cute things that we could do. We've learned these are actually really essential.
1: Uh, If only the rest of the world and the country could spend a little bit more time with soul snacks, right? It would probably calm down the temperature of so many conversations going on. Well, this has been phenomenal. I end each podcast episode asking the same question of all of our guests. What one piece of advice would you give our team to heal and to rebound? And I'm gonna adjust this a little bit. From the past three years, But for the Napa-Sonoma team in particular, it's been much longer because of the fires. So Raymond, let's start with you. What do you think is the one piece of advice that you would give our team to heal?
2: I would say in the course of your day, notice the one small thing that brings you joy Mm -hmm. or that helps bring you a sense of ease or a sense of peace. So notice it and then stay with it for a beat and then savor it and then repeat and enjoy. Love it. True snack. Abraham, what would you say?
3: I would say develop your mental strength along with focused breathing. When it comes to mental strength, it's developing your mind to be able to overcome any of these challenges that we face on a day-to-day situation, whether it's figuring out what's bringing you down and then identifying ways to uplift it. And I think that's where your mental strength will help out. And that focused breathing will help you kind of release any of that tension.
1: Awesome. Thank you, Abraham. And Karen,
0: what would you say? The thing that comes to mind is the ripple effect. We just talked about how this has been rippling through our medical center and how it truly, it's a culture shift and it's happening one domino at a time. We've had physician chiefs do soul snacks. We've had EVS workers do soul snacks. We've had the gamut. You see people who are leaders, especially if you're a leader yourself and you're looking up to people and you think they've got it together, man, they never struggle, right? And so when you hear somebody say, I do struggle and how I get through the day is by writing a poem or singing a song or visualizing something, you go oh, so I can be a whole person. I can be a person who's successful and who is competent and a person who struggles and has to cope with it. And in fact that ripple effect of acknowledgement is going to knit me together and tie me together with all the people I work with. And think about how that road rage, the ripple effect of that, had that person honked and reacted, how that would have impacted the other drivers, right? And so we really do start with ourselves, our families, and the people we work with to change the world, which sounds pretty lofty. But I truly believe if we can just pause for a second, look up and recognize that every little thing that we do for the good has a ripple effect to change the culture and that's what the world needs that's what we all need to heal
1: karen that was beautiful thank you very much never underestimate the power of a smile and a touch and a a moment for caring and the opportunity for soul snacks So thank you to this amazing trio, Raymond and Karen and Abraham from our Marin Sonoma service area for joining me to share the work you've been doing to feed the spirits of your local team through the power of Soul Snacks. As always, I invite you to share what's on your mind. Ask a question or suggest a topic or guest. Send it to livewellandthrive at kp.org. And whether you're listening on your commute or during a down moment, keep those comments coming. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you,
3: Carrie. Thank you, Carrie.
1: And of course, I'd like to thank you, our listener, for tuning in to Live Well and Thrive, a podcast recognizing the hard work, dedication, and diversity of our team at Kaiser Permanente. I'm Carrie Owen Pleets, and we'll see you next time.